This episode brought to you by Bespoke Post. Get your box of awesome today. Also brought to you by Kudos. Earn more whenever you shop by doubling your rewards with Kudos today. Guess what? I'm coming to Dublin. Come see me in Ireland at Vatican, March 25th to the 26th. And the weekend right after that, you can see me in Chicago at C2E2, March 31st to April 2nd. Hope to see you there. end did well, it still made less money than its predecessor Dead Man's Chest. It did still make money though. So, four years later, despite the films being called a trilogy, meaning stopping at three, Disney does what it does best, takes something that made money and squeeze even more money out of it. And brother does it exist. World's End credit, it may be the worst of the movies, but I do remember it. I was actually kind of astonished how little an impact on Stranger Tides left on me. The funny thing is, this is the first film to get rid of characters that many consider dead weight like Will and Elizabeth, yet somehow attached even heavier dead weight with the people in this. Yeah, I really thought just focusing on Jack Sparrow finding treasure would make this more fun, but not only do they still add incredibly complicated story threads, but almost nothing about the film stands out. I guess it is shorter than the last one, clocking in at 2 hours and 15 minutes. Yikes, that's like a Pixar short compared to At World's End. But what difference does it make if you forget you even watch the movie? Well, we're gonna take a closer look and see where it all capsized. This is... I already forgot. On Stranger Tides, thank you. Boy, they laid on the budget cuts after the last one. Look at the Black Pearl. <laughs> Screw that, look at the mermaids! This man says he found the ship originally searching for the Fountain of Youth and brought back Dad's Grail Diary on it. Bon the Fountain of Youth. That guy's a liar. Now if you want the real Fountain of Youth, I know a guy who's been there. Cut to London where apparently Jack Sparrow is captured and about to be executed. Hurry, Papa, or we miss the hanging. It's not a hanging, dear. It's a trial. Hanging comes this afternoon. Ah, trial by Twitter. Nah, I'm just kidding. They never give a trial. Jack once again has a great intro as we think he's the one that's on trial when in fact it's Gibbs. Sparrow is not my name. My name is Joshua Me Gibbs. Is that so? It says Jack Sparrow here. Ah, when Santa Christ got drunk and dressed like Will Ferrell from Zoolander. That was a fun Thanksgiving. He gets Gibbs off the hook and says he needs him to find the Fountain of Youth with a map he has. I thought you were employed elsewhere or otherwise engaged. But I always listened like a thief for news of the Black Pearl. Also, Jack, nobody's buying your natural blonde. You look like Wolverine Papa Smurf. Touché. He's captured again, though. Yeah, he's April O'Neil. I'm convinced he's captured more than he roams free in these movies. And he's talked to by that guy the 90s always called. Oh, hey, that guy. He plays George Augustus, Duke of Brunswick, Lundberg, Arch Treasurer and Prince Elector of the Holy Roman Empire, King of Great Britain and Ireland. That. Who's interested in finding the fountain as well, but it looks like so is another familiar face. Afternoon, sire. Hey, who left their Jeffrey Rush in the milk too long? By the way, am I the only one who thinks these British voices are so silly it's gonna break out into a Monty Python sketch soon? Be rewarded with the high station you so desire. To serve doth suffice, sire. I understand everything. Now, now, offer him some spam! Jack, as usual, manages to get out. Okay, I'll give the film a point for swinging on the chandelier. I'm a sucker for that. And escapes into this strange cameo. 
Is that it? Asked everyone wondering, was that Judy Dench? Speaking of which, hi, I'm here to be wasted twice. In more ways than one. I heard where you're headed. The fountain. Keith Richards returns as Jack's dad, and he tells him he'll need two chalices for the fountain. Two chalices. Two. Silver. From the Ponce de Leon ship. Odd. I'm sure this in no way ties into a dramatic payoff and or emotional twist. This film's gonna be full of surprises. Once again, though, Keith does get one solid line. Have you been there? Does his face look like it's been to the fountain of youth? Alright, that's not bad. Now get over here! But it looks like someone is impersonating Jack, saying he needs a crew to find the fountain. And it turns out it's... No, no, it's too stupid. Indeed it is. It's his girlfriend, Angelica, played by Penelope Cruz, dressing like Jack and somehow fooling all these people. Hello, Jack. You were the only pirate I thought I would pass for. Jesus, how could you believe someone with eyeliner, long hair, and does everything with their palms up is a woman? You know what, maybe if they did that joke, I'd let it slide, but they didn't, so I'm not. This is stupid. I was ready to take my vows. What were you doing in a Spanish convent anyway? Mistaken for a brothel, honest mistake. The word nunnery does cause confusion in Elizabethan slang. <laughs> Dang it! Why do we always corner people over trap doors in movies like this? About the fountain, what do you know? She reveals she's looking for the fountain as well, but he's knocked out before she can say more. Meanwhile, Gibbs is about to be hanged by Barbosa if he doesn't hand over the map. You must lie in your bed the way you made it. What's happened to you? You used to be so nice. He burns the map and says he committed it to memory, so he has to let him live. All safe. In here. Well, that is very clever. I refuse to believe anyone could remember the complicated insanity of a pirate sequel's plot points. Jack wakes up aboard Angelica's ship with a crew that's half zombie, half idiot. Pretty much how you'll feel after watching most of this. Zombie fight. Blackbeard's doing. Yep, this film loves its tell don't show as they reveal they have a captured mercenary. The ship is captained by Blackbeard. Angelica may or may not be his daughter, and nobody sees the captain, so they don't know if he's really there. I'll be right on it to welcome you aboard our world-renowned vessel of infamy. It's been zombie fight. Makes them more compliant. Maybe to his own daughter, who loves her dear papa with all her soul. He got captured in the raid. Rest of the ship got killed. It's a prophecy. Blackbeard will meet his death within a fortnight. First, mate, sticking her neck for some prisoner. I just love an audiobook of the movie you're watching, don't you? Again, I could maybe get behind this if the humor was good, but while it's not god-awful, it's not funny either. The only ones who occasionally get a giggle is the dopey crew. I think they picked really good actors to make these lines a lot funnier than they are. You have been monstrously deceived. We are deceptive then. Yes. But bizarrely enough, one of the oddest mistakes seems to be in the casting. As Jack convinces the crew to mutiny, figuring Blackbeard isn't there, but then he reveals himself, played by Ian McShane. Now, Ian McShane seems born to play Blackbeard. The appearance, the voice, I mean, just look at him. This should be right. But strangely, he seems miscast. Chance to show the worth of your prayers. Pray he be delivered from... evil? I think it's his inflections. Every line sounds like a rehearsal take. Would be that, first mate. Mutiny, Captain. Again. Mutiny! Aye. Like, yeah, I'm half McShane right now, but when the camera rolls, it's gonna be full Deadwood, you know what I mean? But for whatever reason, he never gets there. Be the cold breath of fate I feel down my nape, but I'll have one last fight. He's off in a way that's not fun, it's just off. I can't even say he's really bad because bad would be something. He's just 
there. A fitting last sight for a doomed soul. We need him. If I don't kill a man every now and then, they forget who I am. Coward! Hmm? I don't know, compared to the passion of Barbosa or Davy Jones, weird or over-the-top performances, that can be corny and odd, but also intimidating and memorable. This guy controls the ship with his sword, fires fire on his foes, shrinks ships down into bottles, and even makes voodoo dolls to control people. Yet his voice is like instant ADD. I am struggling to pay attention whenever he talks. The Quartermaster sees things before they happen. He has foreseen my death, and so the fates have spoken. I don't want to be too mean to him because I think he is a cool actor and sure these guys are a lot more over the top, but I think there's a difference between a subtle performance and a, oh, I apologize, I forgot you were there. Your crew sees you for the miscreant you are. But I guess he is leaving more of an impact than bargain bin Will Turner. Yeah, the missionary is basically the Will Turner role just toned down, which if you remember how bland that role was means he's basically non-existent. But he's trying, everyone's trying. There's just no life to this, no sense of passion. That is, unless the camera's on Barbosa. Say what robs you of your staunch heart games or forever leave it to the wider fields of fancy. He really is the peanut butter cup in the trick-or-treat bag full of good and plenty. Mermaids. Aye, mermaid waters, that be our path. But don't worry, none of them are black, so you can save your selective outrage. Save yourselves! That's a smart guy. To hell with hot women killing me, I'm gonna drown myself instead! Has this world never seen Futurama? I'm here to talk to you about something exciting. As exciting as dinosaurs? <laughs> no. Even more exciting. Kudos. If you shop online, you probably use an app to find the best coupons. And now, you should also use Kudos to get the most cash back. Now that's not as exciting as zombies, but it could be, if it isn't. But it is, so you're wrong. Kudos is a free shopping extension that not only helps you pick up the best card to use at checkout, but also doubles your rewards on over 15,000 sites. That means if you usually get 3% back from your credit cards on Sephora, Booking.com, or even MeUndies, you'll now earn 6% with Kudos. That's basically free money. Now I know it's not as exciting as free money, I think that's the thing I said, so it's exactly that. The best thing about Kudos is that it's so easy to use. Add Kudos to Chrome or your iPhone in just a few clicks, shop like normal, and Kudos will automatically appear at checkout to handle the rest. I was shopping on MeUndies the other day because I'm a sexy beast, and Kudos not only helped me get the most rewards, but also reminded me about other hidden car benefits like purchase protection. It's amazing. As amazing as a rainbow filled with spaceships? How dare you? It's okay, kudos will take you back. This really is a no-brainer. In fact, kudos has saved the average user over $750 per year. Imagine how much of my merchandise you can get for that. Now that's cool. As cool as a cool thing with another cool thing? No. So don't wait, use the code NOSTALGIA to double your rewards and get kudos for free by going to joinkudos.com slash nostalgia. That's joinkudos.com slash nostalgia so they know we sent you. Earn more whenever you shop by doubling your rewards with kudos today. That makes me so excited I just want to sit down, stare blankly at something and change my shirt. Hey Doug. Hey Doug. Happy birthday Doug. Oh, is it my birthday Doug? No, it isn't Doug. Oh, sorry Doug. It's okay Doug, you still get a present Doug. Why thank you Doug. You're welcome Doug. Who got this for me Doug? It's from you Doug. Why thank you Doug? Because it's good to get you some presents. You know, one of the most awesome days of the month is when our box of awesome from Bespoke Post arrives. So we're just gonna go ahead and unbox this thing right now and tell you what we got. And tell you what we got. And tell you what we got. Okay, fast forward a bit. There we go! 
Doug. 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 Okay, enough of that. It's a Peak CPO jacket from Line of Trade. Why, that's a great company. They specialize in goods that were designed to withstand the rigors of day-to-day -day life. Wow. Why don't you go ahead and try it on, Doug? One of the coolest things about Bespoke Post is that every unique item is hand-curated from a small business that you probably would never have heard of otherwise. From cozy essentials to travel must-haves and cocktail kits, Box of Awesome has everything you need this month. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. Plus, with each Box of Awesome, you'll be supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small, up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Look at that, you look just like the guy in the picture. One unbelievable story. I tire of you. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NOSTALGIA at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NOSTALGIA for 20% off your first box. That's boxofawesome.com, code NOSTALGIA. This was a good day, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Farewell forever. Yeah. The sponsorship is done. I won't miss you. Goodbye! to negotiate with Angelica via dancing, which sounds fun, but is somehow even more boring than the regular exposition. Where we shall bathe one another in equal shares of fame. And I'll tell you the ritual of the fountain. Maybe because the dancing is more waddling in place? Also, nobody seems to act on their emotions towards each other. Like, I don't believe for a second these two are in love. They just say they are. You recall Saint Dominique? I tried to kill you in Saint Dominique. I'm a roll. Angelica says she legit wants a connection with her father, but you don't feel that between these two. You barely even see them together. I want a father, Jack. I haven't had one. Everything is described, not felt. It's like the difference between watching a porno and hearing an instructional guide on sex. Speaking of which... I heard it said a kiss from a mermaid protects a sailor from drowning. Don't be a fool. Mermaids are all female, son. They're kind of like reverse smurfs in that way. Lord, save me. So the mermaids are one of the few things I legit remember from this. I feel like killer versions of this creature have been done before, but they weren't really popular then, and you definitely didn't see them from Disney, so they are pretty cool. Also, I kind of love how they jump like flying fish from Super Mario Brothers. The missionary finds only one with big puppy dog eyes and stabs her. For God. And they bring her with because they need a mermaid tear for the fountain to work. Meanwhile, they let Jack lead the way, even though he's not entirely sure of his starting point. Was that really necessary? Lest you not know the exact whereabouts of my ship, I'd be a cautious man. Doesn't look like you took him that far. I think kids spun and hitting a pinata would be more lost. She cannot breathe. He has water. She needs air. The missionary starts to form a bond with the mermaid, as he's one of the few showing her mercy when she has trouble breathing. Ah, doorstop. I hear Fox News uses their Bibles for that, too. There's a confusing scene, yeah, imagine in these movies, where someone needs to jump off a cliff while everyone else goes another way. Angelica offers, but Blackbeard stops her. Again, nothing is shot like there's supposed to be any emotion behind it. I'll go. How much farther to the fountain? Why was that even in the movie? 
But don't worry over explaining what should be really simple. That we got covered. For example, Blackbeard could tell Jack jump or I'll shoot her. But instead, you see if you follow this. Get me six more pistols, remove the shot from all but two, but do not tell me which. You get to choose, Mr. Sparrow. What? Can these movies do anything simple? If somebody wanted to wear a hat, they'd be like, Well, take the hat, turn it upside down, cut five holes in it, shit in it for three hours, and never recite a voodoo curse. That's part one! Jack does eventually jump and says he's going after the ship that has two chalices. Meanwhile, our gender swap a shape of water continues as the missionary helps the mermaid after her case breaks. Oh, look, she turns human when she's on land. Hold my beer. And yeah, you know you've been doing these movies too long when you start reciting plot exposition on your own. Santiago, famously captained by Ponce de Leon. Oh, there's no one there. He makes it to the ship, as well as Barbosa, and they discover the Spanish are searching for it too and have taken the chalices. <laughs> ah, getting into bed with this corpse of a franchise. He teams up with Barbosa's crew, including Gibbs, to try and get the chalices back, and while doing so, he reveals his plight. What's your play, Jack? There is a damsel. You're rescuing a damsel? Uh, if there's a damsel in this series that always needs to be rescued, Jack, it's you. I may have had, briefly, mind you. Feelings? Alright, feelings, damn you. <laughs> oh yeah, these two have a ton of chemistry. The way they explain plot and... I don't know, can you think of anything else they did? That must be them right there. They find the chalices and manage to sneakily get them away. They get captured though, but fear not, Barbosa's leg has another use. It's official, he is the best character in all the movies. He also reveals that it was Blackbeard who took the pearl and shrunk it down into a bottle, and he wants to get revenge by killing him. That give me left arm for chance of Blackbeard. Me left leg too, I could use some Jack Daniels in that one. Jack slips free and they take down the guards with... Why are soldiers so bad at fighting a rope? Do they need defense against lasso training or something? Jack regroups with Blackbeard to reach their destination, and while the entrance is a little cool, the fountain itself is pretty damn boring. This is like the Amazon version of a public school fountain. Does it taste like lead paint as well? Barbosa and the Spanish also show up, but before they fight, Jack has a plan to let Barbosa and Blackbeard duke it out. Let them fight each other. Or we lay back, watch, have a drink, play some wages. Come who would prefer Jack's idea, but why give the audience what they want now? The missionary gets stabbed, so the mermaid takes him to... They never say, and honestly, I don't think anyone's ever cared enough to ask. And Blackbeard gets stabbed by a poisoned sword with clumsy-ass Angelica stabbing her hand, too. Alright, they explain this so simply. One chalice gives you life, the other takes it away. The one with the mermaid's tear gives you life, but if you don't drink it at the same time, you turn into a pumpkin and the monkey becomes gremlins and- Oh, screw it, you know it's so Jack can trick Blackbeard into betraying his daughter and picking the wrong one. My god, that flowed so naturally. He chose... poorly. So what does he do with the woman he said he had feelings for like no other? One pistol, one shot. Love. 
Barbosa takes Blackbeard's ship, Jack gives honestly an okay speech about why he didn't drink from the fountain. Better to not know which moment may be your last. Every morsel of your entire being alive to the infinite mystery of it all. Yeah, also just doing this movie's math on how to drink from it would probably kill you anyway. And we end on the most underwhelming note any of these movies have ever ended on. It's a pirate's life for me. Savvy. Oh, are we done? That ended more like a Seth Rogen comedy than a pirate's film. Eh, whatever. We didn't film it like it was the last one, so it won't be the last one. Oh, but don't get too comfortable, Jack, because that voodoo doll that barely did anything in this makes an appearance in the end credits. Oh, what crazy possibilities are in store for- We never see it again. Why do you keep pretending these are planned out? And that was Pirates of the Caribbean. <sighs> Line. On Stranger Tides. Honestly, I think it could have been a lot stranger. I guess I can't say it's an awful movie because, in many respects, it doesn't try hard enough to be awful. I didn't like it World's End, but for all its faults, it did take risks. There was passion behind it. This one just leaves you with so little, especially in the memorable moments department. Nobody has any drive that comes across, with the exception of Rush, who's always entertaining as hell. It just feels like a pirate sequel that exists just to be another pirate sequel. I wasn't face-palming in pain watching it or anything, but is it better to get through a memorable disaster or stare blankly at nothing? I guess you can make the call on that as Pirates Month is almost complete with one more film. So drink up, me hearties, it's a pirate's life for... at least one more go. I'm a nostalgia critic, I remember, so you don't have to. Be rewarded with the high station you so desire. We're still doing cameos for charity, and this month we're doing the Kennedy Creeker Institute. Kennedy Creeker Institute is internationally recognized for improving the lives of tens of thousands of children, adolescents, and adults with neurological, rehabilitative, or developmental needs. They do this through inpatient and day hospital programs, outpatient clinics, home and community services, education, and research. It's an amazing organization, and you can help them out. If you want a cameo from me saying happy birthday, good luck, or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. If you're like, nah man, I don't want a cameo from you, you suck. Well, consider checking out this organization anyway because it really is a great place with great people. Take a look at all the various ways you can help out.